Okay, welcome to What's New in History, a podcast by fan of history. Remember, someone asks you what's new, you say, the new podcast, what's new in history? That's what's new. And I think that's a lot better than saying nothing or New York, New Jersey. So tell them what's new in history is what's new. All right, so let's get into this. So imagine this archaeological dig. Dig this dig, if you will. It's in Israel. It's like a crime scene with parts of it are taped off, waiting for the CSI team to get there. But there's no crime committed here. I mean, unless they're working on a drug bust from the Bronze Age. And it's not that. They're waiting for two experts in residue analysis to get there to investigate some interesting pottery that was found. There are only two people who are experts in this. Dr. Vanessa Linares, who was the lead researcher in this dig, and, I hope I don't kill her name, sorry, Ayala Amir. And she's a doctoral student in the Department of Archaeology and Ancient Near Eastern Cultures at Tel Aviv University. Are you listening, Enkidu? And also, apparently, she discovered that vanilla-flavored wine was popular in ancient Jerusalem. But that may be another story for another time. So these two are called out to dig sites to take samples from promising vessels before they are even dug up. And they have to because even though the chemicals in the residue, right, they can survive for thousands of years underground, but some, as soon as they hit the air, it can immediately vanish. So they have to work quick. They also wear rubber gloves and they keep everything sterile. So it's just like a crime scene or, you know, a medical lab. It's pretty cool. All right, so what was special about this pottery? They were high-quality ceramic base ring juglets imported from Cyprus. And they were found in tombs in this site. And this this time is, uh, if I may have forgot to mention, it's around 1400 BC that we figure these are from. Um, but there was a bunch of Canaanite, Canaanite graves from the late Bronze Age, 1400 BC, they were discovered, and the vessels were, you know, they a- analyzed the residue from the vessels. So by the 1800s, scholars had already identified these kind of base ring juglets as a potential storage vessel for opium because they appear similar in shape to a poppy flower that's closed and upside down. So what did they find when they did the chemical analysis in these uh, juglets? I may have hinted at, the t- at what they found, because what they found was the first conclusive evidence of opium in the old world. I mean, I think the whole world, really. So after the organic residue analysis, it was confirmed that opium residue was found in eight of them, some local and some were imported from Cyprus. Some of the vessels were local, and some of the vessels were imported from Cyprus. So, quote, This is the first identifiable, without a shadow of a doubt, opium use in the Levant, and I would say even in the old world, Dr. Lanieri said. And it's an exciting discovery, she added. Very exciting. So, I figured we'll thought. What's, what is opium? Where does it come from? What's so exciting about this? So according to the DEA, which if you guys are not from the U.S. and haven't heard, the DEA is the Drug Enforcement Agency of the United States. Um, according to them on their website, quote, 
opium is a highly addictive, non-synthetic narcotic that is extracted from the poppy plant, Papaver somniferum. The opium poppy is the key source for many narcotics, including morphine, codeine, and heroin. Um, also, the DEA has a new uh, logo, and apparently they have an all-new DEA museum. So if you want to see, you know, I guess maybe they have, you know, burning down poppy fields and busting hippies in the 60s and 70s. I don't know. All right. Anyway, good old DEA. Uh, much, much loved agency, I'm sure, here in the U.S. So opium is also sometimes called poppy tears. It's a dried latex that comes from the seed capsules of the opium poppy. So now latex, in this sense, it's the scientific word for um, the milky fluid that comes from certain flowering plants like poppy. It's like sap, but it's not sap. Sap's a different thing chemically. And it's not latex that's used in gloves and condoms. That's another thing. All right, so we'll teach you all kinds of stuff on this podcast. And about 12% of opium is made of morphine. And today, that's processed chemically to produce heroin and other synthetic opioids for medicine and illegal drugs. And the latex also contains the closely related opioids codeine and thebane. It's a pretty potent substance, this opium, this, you know, this latex that comes from the poppy plant. The traditional and very labor-intensive way of obtaining the latex is to scratch or score the immature seed pods by hand. Then this latex leaks out and dries to a sticky yellowish residue that's later scraped off and dehydrated. Right? So it kind of makes you think of Milk of the Poppy in Game of Thrones. If you see a picture of it, I'll put some links, you'll see that when they scrape this poppy, this milky substance comes out. So remember, like I say, when they were sick in Game of Thrones, the maesters would give them some Milk of the Poppy. And then I think some of them were like kind of hooked on it too, weren't they? Anyway, so some more history on poppy and opium, the first solid evidence of the opium poppy shows it pops up in Western Europe from around 56, starting in 5600 BC to 4000 BC. So the poppy pops up in 5600 BC in Europe, Western Europe. It was present in central Italy from the middle of the 5000s BC, and then it spread north. It was introduced to the Western Alps, around 4800 B.C. It probably took a little while to spread there because of the mountains. But still, I mean, you could see how these Neolithic populations were connected and interacting with each other by doing heroin. No, they weren't doing heroin. They were growing poppy. Seriously, these were farming communities, and they were growing poppy. And I don't think they were using it to, you know, pretty up their gardens but, I mean, honestly, this is the information I found, you know, from its first poppy evidence botanically in um, Europe. And I didn't find any, and I looked for in Mesopotamia in the Near East. But, I mean, if they're growing poppy in 5600 B.C. in Europe, these Neolithic populations, they came from central Anatolia. And that's, you know, in Cyprus, you know, where we found these, where the dig found the you know, the opium, that's where it grows the best, you know, in the Near East. So if there was, in my opinion, if there was poppy in Western Europe in 5600 BC, those Neolithic populations were probably growing it thousands of years even before that. 
And, you know, there's, there's ancient texts that talk about opium use, and there's religious imagery. The earliest reference to opium growth and use is 3400 BC when the poppy was cultivated in lower Mesopotamia. That's the opium poppy, not the little flower that you grow in your yard. Um, the Sumerians referred to it as Hulgil, the joy plant. And see here, like, this is the first reference for it. And look at the date, 3400 BC. And that's when writing was basically invented. So as soon as they're writing, we're writing about opium. So I would think it's been around. So until now, this particular discovery, archaeologists hadn't found the physical evidence to back it up. I mean, that's how historians are and have to be. They can't say, hey, aliens built the pyramids and weird stuff like that. That's why it drives historians crazy. Because here I'm, you know, I'm not really a historian. I have a degree in history and I learned how to study history. So I can't say definitively that, you know, it's like being in a court of law. I can't say definitively that people were using opium. I could tell you by using Oxum's razor, they probably were, you know, thousands of years before this discovery. But this particular discovery, without a shadow of a doubt, as she said, proves chemically that there was opium in the Levant in 1400 B.C. And saying about scholars, you know, what did they use it for? They'll fight each other with scissors. You should see the things they say. All these, And then that's the funny thing. Then they'll just like come up with crazy thoughts. Like it was for making them feel better when somebody died after a, you know, funeral. Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe everybody did opium after, you know, they were dead. But maybe they did. They could have put it in the graves to get you across to see the gods or whatever. But honestly, they probably used it for pain. They probably used it to get high. They probably... You know, it was like they didn't know where it came from chemically. They didn't understand how chemically it changed your brain. They just thought it was like a religious experience. So, you know, came from the gods, and this is the cool stuff. If you're hurt, it helps you. If you want to get high, it helps you. you want to meet God. They use it for all kinds of things. Medicine, partying, you name it. It's been around a long time. The funny thing is I don't really, you don't really hear of addicts as far as I'm aware. Like, you know, people that were hooked on, you know, opium like in the ancient days. If anybody hears anything, you know, knows anything different, definitely let me know. <clears throat> um, in, in ancient society, drugs were often controlled by the priestly class. So maybe they were addicts. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'll put, I do want to give some credit to my sources here, and I'll put them in the links. I got this uh, story on this dig from the Times of Israel, and there was also an article on it in Archaeology News. So thanks to them. And... Um, I'm just going to add a little on as I was doing this. I found a little more information on this. Uh, it's a whole different article, but it's similar. So I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about this here. But first, first, a word from our sponsor. This is new. Other podcasts have sponsors, so we got a sponsor. Don't fast forward because this is a good sponsor. Marduk's Mattress Emporium. That's right. They want to be our sponsor because they know we're good. All right? Their mattresses are made with only the finest straw that has not been in any stables. So it's 100% free of manure or animal urine. And it's guaranteed to be at least 80% free of bed bugs or any other stinging insects. Right? Pretty good. You can find their outlets in any of the major cities in Mesopotamia, like Uruk, Nippur, and of course, the new flagship store in Babylon since the previous one in Nineveh was burned to the ground. And when straw burns, baby, that burns. They're also now open in Memphis and Thebes in Egypt. 
showing how the world's really getting connected here, you can get a good mattress at Marduk's Mattress Emporium. So, if you want to make love like a god, or you want to just get a good night's sleep after a busy day storming the castle, you have to go to Marduk's Mattress Emporium. And you make sure you tell them Bernie from Fan of History sent you. All right, with that out of the way, thank you. This is uh, another similar story. Um, The remains of painkillers were found in 4,500-year-old vessels during excavations at Kaluba Hoyuk in Turkey. So this is from around 2,500 B.C. They found these clay vessels, just like our last ones, very similar, um, not shaped like a poppy, but they were clay vessels, and they found the residue of ancient painkillers. So our two experts from the last story, they weren't involved in this. So they, I guess they did okay without them. The head of the excavation is a Turkish guy, and I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry. He said in the, that in the analysis of a double-handled beverage container that they found data showing that it was used in the preparation of drinking and very, I'm sorry, it was used in the preparation and drinking of various painkillers. Quote, we carried out our analyses on these 4,500-year-old containers found in Coloba, and we found very interesting results because we identified molecules, especially biomolecules, coming from green leafy plants. Poppy and olive oil were predominant. We even co- detected salicylic acid, which is the active ingredient, ingredient of a very known pain reliever in ancient times. In these containers, he said. All right, so let's unpack this a little bit just for a few minutes here. First of all, poppy. Okay, maybe they didn't find opium because our experts weren't there to fully protect and test with definitive results. I have no idea. They could have just found poppy. I have no idea. I'm not saying, just conjecturing. But to me, the fact that they found poppy residue in a container for beverage drinking, you know, supports my point that poppy has been used as a medicine for eons. I mean, I doubt they're making poppy seed bagels with them. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And salicylic acid, what's that? It's defined as a bitter compound present in certain plants. It's used as a fungicide in the manufacture of aspirins and dye stuffs. If you Google it, you'll find a lot of, like, acne cream. But it's also used to make um, Pepto-Bismol, kaopectate, and like I said, for warts, anything like that. So this is good stuff. <clears throat> it's it's like kind of like aspirin, right? It's not as strong, it's, you know, chemically, but it's, it's similar to that. Plus it has these, all these other uses. Uh, the name comes from the Latin salix for willow tree, which is where it comes from. And people have been using the bark and leaves of these for thousands of years. And here's just some more proof of that. No aliens. Pretty cool, I think. So that's our episode today 
of What's New in History. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Marduk's Mattress Emporium. Make sure you check them out. If you also want to help the podcast, you could give us money by going to patreon.com slash fan of history. That would really help us out. You can also help us out by sharing the, uh, the episode on your social media, emailing it to your friends and enemies. When someone says what's new, you say what's new and history is new. That's what's new, of course. And I have this really new history podcast that I found and I want to share with you. That would really help us out. Like I've said before on the Fan of History podcast, this is a labor of love for me and I love to do it. And I love to be able to share the love with more people. I do really enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will keep making them. I also, I want to say you could also help. And if you're interested, if you find any articles that's something that's new in history, please send them to me using Facebook is probably the best way. If we, you know, connect, I can give you my email, give my phone number, whatever. Um, so if you know, if you hear any, if you hear of something that's new in history and you want to talk about it, and this could be anything. I mean, I'm doing ancient history because that's kind of what I'm used to, but we could do anything really. And also if you, if you are a podcaster and you want to come on and do a, a joint episode, what's new in history? Cause I intend to do them that way as well. They're not always going to be just me. Dan and I will do them, but I, I do intend to do them with other podcasters. And even if you're not a podcaster and you'd like to be one, or you just want to do something like this, Honestly, you could do it. I've I've done podcasts with people who never did podcasts before. I think I'm pretty chill. We have a good time with it. We could, you know, do something together like that. So anyway, if you're interested in that, hit me up on Facebook. And that's all we got for today, people. I really appreciate it. And cheers. <laughs>